You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon, aka DJ Swamp Fart. <laughs> oh, the greatest fairy tale never told. Shrek is love. Shrek is life, Zach. Oh, uh, God. We are listening to a brand new episode of Nostalgia Be Damn, uh, first 2019 edition. Ooh. It's the show where we take some of your favorite movies uh, from your childhood or maybe even. Uh, a little bit older than that and we look at them objectively and let you know is it worth being nostalgic over or are these movies just trash that you don't remember this week we watched 2001's animated fantasy family comedy shrek wow and i can confirm for all of our listeners that this one was not heavily requested you know what 2019 what a way to ring it in uh with a movie that really defined our generation i'll say moving forward this really shaped animated movies moving forward for a very long time with, with the incessant uh you know pop culture references and and the the upping of the crude humor i think this was really you know, this says a lot about who we were in the late 90s, early 2000s. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We don't know. We'll discuss. Keep listening for the love of God. <laughs> please, please <laughs> just please. keep listening. <laughs> please. So, oh, man, it's good to be back. Uh, sorry for the little two weeks off, but we're back. We're fresh and uh, ready to kick some ass. You ready, dude? Uh, it- It sounds like you left the room and now you're running back in. Is it getting louder? Yeah, I think I'm ready. (laughs) All right. So Shrek was directed by Andrew Adamson and Vicky Jensen. Adamson went on to co-direct Shrek 2, as well as helming the Chronicles of Narnia uh, and Duh, dude. I think that's the, uh, what, the Lion Wardrobe one and the Don Treader? The Lion, no, the Witch the, in the Wardrobe. Prince Caspian, I think, was the second one. Yeah, right? maybe. I don't know. I only ever read the first book. I only ever saw the first movie. Don't ask me to do more Narnia than is already required of me. Well, we may do it, dude. I don't know. Tickle me, Tumnus. We'll see. But uh, he also directed a movie with Hugh Laurie called Mr. Pip fairly recently, so look into that. Or don't. No. <laughs> Vicki Jensen, the uh, other co-director, she went on to co-direct Shark Tale and also directed that Michael Keaton uh, post-grad movie. I think it was, what's that girl about, like, leaving college and then there's no work? You know, reality. But Shrek is actually loosely based on the 1990 fairy tale picture book of the same name by William Stieg. I did not know no. this. Uh, it was actually optioned. The rights were purchased by Steven Spielberg the very next year, and he originally planned to produce a traditionally animated film based on the book with Bill Murray as Shrek and Steve Martin as Donkey. Wow. Yeah, I could see that. I could actually see that. I, you know what? Better movie. Whoa, Better movie. hang on a second. Oh, I'm not tipping did I my hand. That? And also, yeah, come on, take a step back and you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself, Zach. All right, that's enough of you, white boy Rick. Um, <laughs> although it's funny that you bring that up because I know one of the big things that pops up uh, on a BuzzFeed article every few months, like it's breaking fucking news, Chris Farley was also 
pegged to be Shrek in this movie. Yeah, not only pegged, he was actually hired and recorded a lot of the dialogue. Actually, the very first choice, though, once the film uh, was brought to the very, you know, recently established DreamWorks in 94. So at that time, Nick Cage was actually first offered the role, <laughs> but wound up declining. And then Chris Farley stepped in, and like I said, he recorded a lot of his dialogue until he passed in 1997. So the movie was even in production before that. Then Mike Myers stepped in, who also, you know, worked on SNL with Farley and insisted on a rewrite of the script to kind of remove the traces of Farley's rendition of the character. So at first, he recorded all of the dialogue in Canadian and country accents, and then I guess later on, after production was essentially completed, he was like, you know what, I'm gonna, can I re-record all this shit in a Scottish accent? So we did like two scenes, and they loved it so much, they were like, yeah, they spent another four million dollars on having to reanimate scenes just to match his mouth to his new accent. Like, ridiculous, crazy. My god, I'd have been so upset if I was an animator on that movie. Shut your mouth, Zach! It's Shrek! Ah! Shut up, but uh, I'm not even going to fucking bother doing it. Not even going to try it. That's the first and last time we will be doing those Scottish accents. Well, don't fucking fucking write a (laughs) check your your ass can't cash, but uh, we'll see. So Shrek itself, you know, this is this was a juggernaut. It for not only critically but also at the box office itself, it's got a 7.9 on IMDb and an 88% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay at the Oscars and won the very first Best Animated Feature Academy Award, actually beating out Monsters Inc which I think we can debate at the end of the mo- this episode whether or not that's a better movie. And it somehow beat Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, Jay. What? <laughs> that's the end of... <laughs> That's the Jimmy end of the episode. Neutron. That's the end of the episode. We're gonna go. We're gonna go back. We're gonna watch Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, and we're we're gonna figure this out. It must have been a real slim year. I know for animated oh flicks. I guess if they only had three nominees and one of them was Jimmy Neutron, Boy. I mean, that's not a bad movie, but whatever. Anyway. <laughs> People loved Shrek. Critics love Shrek. It's actually number eight on the American Film Institute's top ten animated films of all time. With, like, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and, like, Dumbo, the very first animated. Like, that's number eight out of ten, the AFI. Just let that sink in. Yeah, can you imagine Walt Disney, like, overseeing all these amazing animated masterpieces that we still show our children today? And if he was alive today, he'd, like, look on that list and he sees Shrek swamp farts, dude. (laughs) So many swamp parts. So it cost $60 million to make and earned $267 million in the U.S., $484 million worldwide. It was the third highest grossing movie in America in 2001. And dude, that year, I looked through the box office for that year. There was a year a shit ton of very profitable franchises started. So the number one movie was Harry Potter, the first one, Sorcerer's Stone. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring came out that year. Mm-hmm. Monsters, Inc. Those were the top three movies right there. And then Shrek was, uh, Shrek beat Monsters, Inc. So that was third. Monsters Inc. came in fourth. But crazy. And then also the Fast and the Furious started that year and uh, Ocean's Eleven. You can tell a lot of those movies, except for the obvious ones like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, you can tell a lot of these so-called first movies and franchises were definitely only supposed to be single movies. And then they were like, oh, fuck. People like this? 18 years later, here we are. <laughs> Whoever thought would have a Fast and Furious spin-off Hobbs and Shaw coming out, dude. Who? Yeah. And what are we on? Like Ocean's 42 or something like that? Or I believe it was eight. They've actually gone in smaller numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing because they started at 11, they ended at 13, then they went back to eight. 
guy. Shrek spawned three sequels, Shrek 2 in 2004, which is the highest grossing of the series, Shrek the Third in 2007, and Shrek Forever After in 2010. 2011 saw the release of the spinoff, Puss in Boots. The best one. I've not seen Puss in Boots. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen Puss in Boots. In fact, uh, I... To, just to counter your point, I've only seen up to uh, Shrek 2. Really? Oh, okay. I have not seen Shrek 3. I have not seen Shrek 3, Shrek Forever After, or Puss Shrek Boots. 2 is largely considered a pretty positive sequel. Like, I think that's in what, held in high regard for a yeah. lot of folks who at least like the Shrek franchise anyway. Like, Shrek 2 is a good sequel. Yeah, uh, that's, it, from what I can remember, it's been a long time since I've seen Shrek 2, but I remember it being uh, a pretty good decent follow-up to the movie and it's been diminishing returns ever since like the third one was pretty bad and the fourth one was even worse from what i can remember again those those i haven't seen two three or four since the since theaters really the first one i watched i can't tell you how many times i yeah i don't know um and i i didn't bother seeing the last two because shrek 3 didn't really appeal to me when the trailer came out and then i just heard such bad things about shrek 4 and i definitely didn't like the trailer in that didn't see puss in boots because i hate when franchises key in on a character that like in shrek 2 that was pretty much just like a one off joke it's like oh it's a you know a conquistador conquistador kitty like it's just kind of a funny joke like i didn't need another movie based on that he also had a tv show didn't he what was your thoughts on the series joey oh joey well joey i think was a a fucking missed opportunity i think we could have done 17 seasons of joey uh four movies okay thank you so that's the exception to the rule no joey being the obvious spin-off exception anything starring matt leblanc is the exception to that rule understood uh, I just watched that. I just watched that travesty of a solo movie the other day too, and I gotta tell you, it grew on me a little bit. I t- dude, I gotta say the exact same thing. I watched it with my dad, who I think was just not in a cynical mood. He was just very interested in seeing another Star Wars movie, and I gotta say, maybe his just his enjoyment bled into mine. But I did not hate myself watching it. I think I went in with curbed expectations and uh, you know a reality of what it was, and I I think I enjoyed it a lot more for what it was. That being said, get it away from me. <laughs> you know what? I was just about to say. You know, I think when maturing into you know very calm moviegoers in our elder years but it seems as though you just kind of put up with it because it was on yeah exactly so with that being (laughs) said maybe we should just dive into shrek there have been two holiday specials uh direct to video shorts video games do you remember the the shrek 3d there was that whole thing yeah i saw that that came out with with the dvd of shrek i think um there were comic books and uh you know i probably did see shrek 3d if you had a tv and a dvd player yeah dude you saw shrek 3 you got a dick, don't you? Oh, well. There was also a fucking successful stage musical. Yes. Worldwide, this goddamn series has earned over $3.5 billion, and as of recording right now in January 2019, there are currently plans in the works to reboot the series at Universal. Oh, God, let's never do that. What? This is news to me. This is yep. breaking. This is nostalgia be damned breaking. Oh, yeah, Why look it up, dude. Why do we need to reboot Shrek? Are we fucking crazy? What? Uh, I do want to make a quick note, too. I've seen the clip from that stage musical from the Tony Awards. Uh, It's annoying as hell. Not going to lie. Enjoyed it. Really? It looks haunting. Like, the people's faces in it are just nightmare fuel. Oh, don't think about it too much. But, like, part of it's really annoying and part of it's like, I could watch a musical just full of this. Hmm. Well, all right. Well, they've made musicals off of all these animated films that I can never, like, visualize how they're going to do it. And somehow, goddammit, they pull it off. Yeah, well, good for Broadway, I guess. I remember 
when I was a kid, this came out in 2001. I saw it in theaters, I think twice, which was maybe one of the only movies I was ever allowed to see twice again. Like, my parents didn't take us to the theaters that often, and they sure as shit wasn't going to sit through the same movie they already saw, like, with me again, for this whining little dick who wanted to see every movie again. But I remember I saw Shrek twice in theaters, and I also remember this is one of the most distinct, original, and bizarre memories of my childhood. I was sleeping, it's in the middle of the night, and my father, who I believe was working mill work, shift work, at that time came home and in the middle of the night woke me up and said guess what i bought shrek on vhs and there in his hands he had the VH. it was the strangest thing but and i remember it didn't even come in the clamshell it was it came in like a, a vhs case but it was just giant size so there was all this extra cardboard on the top and side that was just fucking nonsense yeah. bullshit anyway I, I don't know why that stuck with me but i just thought it was super bizarre we didn't watch it that night he was just like hey guess what got shrek go back to bed like oh okay jesus <laughs> okay well if your dad did that now that'd be a weird thing right especially if yeah if he flew here that'd be even weirder yeah yeah the reason i bring this up is because i eventually wound up seeing this on dvd which i think the entire goddamn country did because this video release specifically made more than a hundred million dollars it eventually has become the biggest selling dvd of all time with over five and a half million sales dude this was the first dvd i remember there was like games there was like a magic mirror game on the dvd and stuff i explored the shit out of this and this made me fall in love with like bonus features and shit it had like um a, like a musical melody extra feature or something like that where it was just like it was like the last scene in the movie where they're all uh doing our second smash mouth song uh <laughs> except it was just like it was just like a bunch of like a bunch of the characters doing like different songs and they did that in the Shrek 2 DVD too. Wow. So they, they yeah, it was it was almost like a deleted scene but it was just like the characters like singing different music and it was it was just nuts. I also saw this movie twice in theaters, once with my parents, once with a friend, uh which was a rarity for me back when I was when this movie came out I, I that was not a thing that I did was go to see movies twice uh but I remember specifically what I liked about Shrek was that like I enjoyed it for what at the time I was like a little bit more mature humor than what I'm used to mm-hmm. uh and uh, we'll see how that ages but uh but I also liked it because it was a thing that like my parents liked so it was a cartoon that I sat down and enjoyed and my whole family sat down and enjoyed which you know that can be rare sometimes when you're when you're off seeing uh, movies with your parents as a kid. So I, I remember it being nice. I think we had two copies of the DVD. Oof. I have no idea where the second DVD came from. I think we probably lent it out to somebody and assumed we were never giving it, getting it back. So we just, <laughs> you couldn't go a month without Shrek. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We went out and bought another copy of Shrek and then that, copy that we loaned out was eventually returned to us nice so we had two copies of shrek just floating around here somewhere um i'm sure if i looked hard enough right now i could go find my copy of shrek but uh yeah so this was a movie that i remembered quite fondly haven't seen it in uh god i don't know 10 years or so yeah it's been a little while since i've seen this i got the uh, the box set of all four like i said i probably haven't seen two three or four since the one time i saw them in theaters i didn't bother with the fourth one in theaters i think i saw it like half of it on dvd i didn't really care by then because i was too old but the first one i think i tried to stream five minutes of it and i was like yeah it's not worth the effort yeah it didn't seem worth the effort but i remember the a big deal back in the day for me as a kid was it was the first time i really remembered going into a movie and knowing who the actors were 
behind the voices. Like I, I remember Aladdin, the genie and stuff, but as a kid, I knew every, like Eddie Murphy was one of my favorite comedians at the time. So I'm in a ton like Nutty Professor, all those movies. Like I was huge into him. I was big into Austin Powers with Mike Myers and Cameron Diaz was in the mask and John Lithgow, who's fantastic by the way, is Lord Farquaad. He, I was a huge fan of third rock from the sun. My family watched that all the time. And so it was one of the first times I remember knowing who the voices were on the poster and like, and, and being able to relate to the face behind the voice. It was a very strange, like, feeling for a kid, but, like, God. it was a big deal for me. I, yeah. I love that. I've never thought of it that way. I guess it, it might not have been my first one because I always knew that uh, uh, Darth Vader and Mufasa were the same person. Okay, yeah. But, yep. um, um, so I did know that, but I guess, I guess you're right. It's one of the first movies that I, I think of, too, where I'm like, oh, I just, I know every single person behind the voices in this movie in terms of Eddie Murphy, Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz, John Lithgow. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I never really thought about that, but that's a good point. And the last thing I'll say, which actually brings us right into the beginning here, you know, this was uh, the time of Smash Mouth. I was, oh, was uh, it ever? Dude, I am, there are so many things, like, there. if there were five things I could point to in my childhood that, you know, I really wish I could take back, two of them right off the top were my absolute obsession with Smash Mouth and Jar Jar Binks. Those were the two things. And again, my love for Jar Jar came before I saw the movie, and then even after <laughs> I saw the movie, I kept it with me a little bit, but, like, I was obsessed with those two things. Dude, I owned this soundtrack on cassette, listened to it on my Walkman all the time. And this is Good. This is good because this is exactly what this podcast is about. It's checking your nostalgia and leaving what you need to leave at the door. And uh, I will admit to maybe one or two, like I was big into, uh, might as well be walking on the sun if that's even the fucking oh, name yeah, of that dude. If that's even the name of the song, <clears throat> walking and, on the uh, sun. Dude. I actually, yeah. yeah, walking on the sun. Thank you. Thanks. Um, and I also really liked the the i and i fucking hate saying this as a 26 year old adult now but uh i really enjoyed their monkeys cover (laughs) oh yeah of i'm a believer and uh, i hate myself for saying that and uh I guess let's just jump into the movie and not talk about this ever again. <laughs> so before, you know, we get into that somebody once, we get a little of this, uh, you know, real meta fairy tale book. Once upon a time, there was a, la- a lovely princess who, you know, trapped in a castle tower guarded by a fire-breathing dragon and only true love's first kissed will set her free. But this isn't, you know, your typical love story because Shrek's going to work his ass with that, uh, <laughs> with that book, Paige. He rips yep. it out and we get immediately blown. Blasted with some fucking Astro Lounge All Star, and I am <laughs> I am loving it. In the first ten seconds of this movie, we are lambasted with uh, three uh, poop slash fart jokes. <laughs> One is him wiping his butt with the page. Two is him farting in the swamp and all the bubbles and a dead fish coming up. And three is that we start off the movie with a Smash Mouth song. So there's our three fart jokes right off the right off the top. Oh my god! What's hilarious about this is that apparently the they the producers just put All Star in there as a placeholder just for test audiences and stuff. They were going to pick a song later on, and audiences fucking loved it. But like that movie, that song had already been in like a couple movies. I think Rat Race and Mystery Men had used it either prior to or right around the same exact time but test audiences loved it so much they not only did the producers keep it in they then asked smash mouth to do perform the last song in the movie i'm a believer like it all came from a fucking like we'll just 
just put this bullshit song in here, you know, as something to hold them over. <laughs> this somehow, somehow sparked a uh, Smash Mouth essence, a, uh, oh, yeah. a renaissance yep. of Smash Mouth because they had been around at this point. They were a very 90s band. Everybody knew about Smash Mouth, but nobody thought of Smash Mouth. Nobody really gave any. Uh, any sort I mean, of, this guy uh, over here. <laughs> over at Smash Mouth, except for a certain dude uh, who we will. Uh, not mentioned, but this movie I remember skyrocketed Smash Mouth. Everybody was like, "Oh, Shrek's music is so great!" Did the Smash Mouth song? Smash Mouth is sweet, dude. Dude, Smash Mouth was my fucking jam. Put that on with like a yeah, flame, a be. flame Hawaiian shirt, like one of those like loose fitting yeah. shirts. You put a little spiky stuff I've in your hair. Listen to your and then- iPod. <laughs> On Shuffle, man. I know that you were a big Smash Mouth fan. Little Sugar Ray, bro? You like Sugar Ray, too, don't you? I was basically, looking back on my like childhood, I was basically Guy Fieri before he was a thing. Like That's what I probably looked like walking you, around. You really and then, were. Like, yeah, God. You really were. I mean, we should probably hang. We'd probably be bros. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we get introduced to our you know title character here, Shrek. He's a big, giant-ass ogre who basically just wants to be left the F alone. In his swamp, his domain, his domicile, he's got everything all set up, and yeah, you know, blasted with Smash Mouth, he's, you know, washing with mud and brushing his teeth with some bug juice. A lot of ogre ass crack in this movie so far, too, like... It, like it's one of the first things they project on the screen oh if it's not that dude you're right it's farts there's farts galore he's also eating eyeballs all kinds of weird ass shit but uh you know it seems typical of this town or, or village wherever he's close by the townsfolk there do not want him and so once again they seem to try to set fire to his swamp it looks as though that the uh what the kingdom itself is is trying to round up fairy tale creatures themselves because he scares off these people as always as he does because he's a badass but uh I also started noticing every single time they do these close-up shots, especially the one of him screaming and roaring and the spits coming off their face, the animation has come so far. But if you look closely, and I mean, again, we're watching this in HD. I was watching it on Blu-ray. There's some, like, pixelation, like, little tiny pixelations in the eyes and, like, any of these small details. It's kind of funny to look at, like, how far even the same characters have come, like what Shrek looks like in 2010 compared to then. Like, this is early computer animation. It still holds up by far. It's it's really good looking, I'll say, well, right up top. I, I think it does. I, it, a lot of it's a little basic compared to know. today's, but I will say that there is there is some, like, pixelation in a lot of the detailed animation. It was just interesting to see. I never looked at that that closely, I guess. Or maybe, even, I don't even know if I've seen this in HD, honestly. I remember seeing it, just, like, clips of it recently and thinking how, maybe not bad, but just, like, I don't know if it holds up as much. To me, it looks like something that like a lot of amateur cartoonists could achieve. Uh, that being said, I did watch half of this movie on my phone while I was on the treadmill. I've never been more worried about someone looking over my shoulder to see what I was watching while I was running. Like, ever. <laughs> Excuse me, sir? <laughs> they pull the earbud out. Are you, are you watching Shrek? Like, from like 2001's Shrek? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Are you watching like a breakdown video or is that, hang on a second, they touch the screen, it says an hour, 28 minutes. No, 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 no. Put your phone, I put your hand I couldn't help but notice that Smash Mouth was blasting through your earphones and I just wanted to check in, <laughs> make sure you're all right. Are you all right? Is everything okay? No, it's not. I'm watching Shrek on my phone at the gym. I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm miserable. 
Oh, I had a bad day. Because you had a bad day. You taking what? Remember him? Daniel Powder? Yeah, I don't want to think about it. Whatever. All right, fine. Well, the kingdom, <laughs> as I was mentioning, they're they're rounding up all the fairy tale creatures. There are rewards and stuff, and we get introduced to what's been my favorite character throughout this whole franchise. And it started because I was a kid. It's Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. as Donkey. Dude, I think this is probably his last truly great comedic performance i don't care what you say about his character or some of the dialogue but his performance itself he's fucking amazing in this movie i think he's hilarious and like he brings so much energy and spirit to it yeah he buys in totally like he he knows what they want out of him and he gives it to him and he's actually like you can tell putting effort into his performance which is nice because eddie murphy's a guy who doesn't really need to do that if he doesn't want to especially at that point in his career when movies were just not really going his way well, yeah, you can always tell when he's on screen if he's committing, you know, he's great, you know, dream girls and movies since have been good. He's had a few, hit, you know, a lot more misses than hits, but the adventures of Pluto Nash, great movie, uh-huh. greatest of his career. But th- what's crazy is this was actually the first ever performance nominated for a BAFTA for a voiceover like Eddie Murphy was. The, I think Ellen DeGeneres might have is, is probably one of those other vocal performances recently, like with Dory that I guess you can really cement next to them. Tom Hanks with Woody did it earlier. But like, this is one of, I think, the defining roles of his, you know, entire career, but also just one of, I think, the defining animated movie characters, uh, this vocal performance as Donkey. He's funny. Like, it's, there's no way getting around it. He does a great job in this movie. He performs his lines extremely well. His timing is great. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think he's probably my favorite part of this movie. And he's one of these, you know, fairy tale creatures that were round up. There are witches and, and fairies and Pinocchios there as well. You know, as the talking, talking donkey, the woman who owns him is just like beating him, trying to get him to talk in front of these people so that she could get a reward. I don't think it ever goes into the series. Maybe I'm forgetting, but does it ever explain why he talks or how he got, why he's a talking donkey? They don't explain it in the second one. You've seen more of them than I do. Uh, but I also want to mention, while keeping it on this movie, not only do they not mention how or why he talks they also really don't mention why they're rounding up magical or fairy tale creatures do they did i miss that in like something they never explain it and like i don't know if their entire plan was to always put them in the swamp or if they just did that like last minute but it doesn't seem like their plan i don't know what they're actually trying to do honestly like was there some crazy schindler's list subplot that we oh were yeah for in this movie that they dropped that they were just like nah, you know what well, spielberg bought the rights oh, yeah you know what that's it he bought the rights. But yeah, so they're rounding up all the creatures. They're try this woman is trying to sell Donkey and he won't talk, but he ends up getting hit by like a magic fairy or something and starts flying away and opens his his big fucking mouth. <laughs> and then yeah, there's this little chase scene. He winds up actually running into Shrek. And I love the way he runs because it's not they don't base his movements off a donkey. It's more like a rabbit or like a dog. Like I love the way his motion he moves, it's kind of funny. But yeah, he bumps into Shrek who scares off the villagers, and he himself is actually considered a fairy tale creature, so they want him, but of course he's not going because he's a badass. And yeah, Donkey kind of tries to ingratiate himself into his life there's this whole you know there's so many like one-liners that i remember as a kid god damn it did i think this whole thing was funny oh like this entire scene is in the trailer because i'm all alone there's no one here beside me yeah a lot of these jokes that i remember people laughing about really hard don't really hold up as an adult at least for me like the i'm making waffles joke didn't really hold up for me like (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, him singing is not terrible. I like that. Uh, but, you know, it, it, I felt this way through a lot of this movie, though, is that some of the humor uh, from the one-liners and from the dialogue performances that, like, were just so memorable as a kid, a lot of them, I don't think, I think I maybe had one or two legitimate laughs while I was watching this movie. Everything else, it just kind of blew by my head. You know, I just, like, felt like, oh, yeah, I watched it. I chuckled, qu- I laughed quite a bit, I gotta be honest. And it, a lot of it, I think, was me just remembering, though, kind of what it meant to me as a kid. I, I don't know why, well, it could have been the dr- point. I was Brandon. drinking. I was also drinking at the time, so I think that, that could have, you know, influenced ah, my is. enjoyment. However, however, that that factor aside, I do think that their banter is is funny enough. It, it's not too while there are far too many fart jokes and bodily humor stuff like that that I will agree is just kind of lame and, and not very funny. I do think that when they are you know subverting expectations or, or referencing something in the field of fairy tale, they're doing it's clever. I think there's a lot of clever stuff in here, if if not fu- outright funny. Donkey has been subjected outside. Shrek is sitting down to a dinner when he starts to see all these fairy tale creatures out on his swamp, his fucking property. He has a right to shoot him, Brandon. This pisses him off. There's what, like the, you know, the wolf, the three, you know, Goldilocks bears, three blind mice. Yeah. Pinocchio's there again. Apparently they were just like kind of forced there. They were all told to leave the land. And like, I guess just the way I always saw it was they were told to move to the swamp. Shrek is not having this. So he wants to go speak with Lord Fark about getting all these fairy tale creatures off of his property and the only person who knows how to get there is of course donkey so on the road they set boom shrek's motivation he just wants to be alone he just wants his privacy i guess donkey's going along because he thinks he's his friend he protected him earlier you know we get it we cut to lord farquad played by john lithgow the joke is that he's very short and stuff yeah but it's john lithgow's like vocal performance again that's just hilarious but john lithgow by the way is like six four so it's hilarious yeah <laughs> i just love the fact that he's playing this really tiny guy who clearly has a complex about that john lithgow goes 100% in on this role too by the way he's so over the top dramatic in this movie it's funny <laughs> yeah and the animators have a lot of fun with this guy maybe a little too much fun I think for kids there's a lot of a lot of fucking sketchy humor specifically related to this character yeah the masturbation scene is that what you're talking about <laughs> Well, yeah, the masturbation the, the scene, scene where is one ma- of them. Where yeah. he's clearly just finished masturbating and, like, he's doing it. And I think about to mirror. again. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> about to again in the mirror is like, come on, man, just stop. Wincing, like, come on, please don't do this. Yeah. Oh, boy. that's We'll get to but, that. But, yeah, it, we, we, we're introduced to him torturing the gingerbread man, you know, waterboarding him with milk and stuff. It's pretty funny. But, you know, not my gumdrop buttons. It's a lot of, you know, in-jokes, do you know the muffin man and all that bullshit. It's... Whatever, it's clever, but he's basically interrogating him, trying to find out where did the where are the remaining fairy tale creatures anyway. And at this point, the his guards rush in because they found something he's been searching for, the magic mirror. And he basically asks it, "Hey, is Duloc this place I'm running? You know, the fairest kingdom of them all?" And the mirror's like, well, technically you're not a king. You have to marry someone in order to do so. So they do this whole, you know, like, what is it? Bachelorette number one. <laughs> yeah, the dating game. The it's dating amazing. game. This was funny. I liked this. This was like, because the mirror is saying some ridiculous things about, like, everybody. Because, yeah, what? It's Snow White and Cinderella. Yeah, the the best line of this whole part is just, uh, she lives with seven other men, but she's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's so good like, they're all cheering funny. in the background that's yeah. funny Kid, well kids are sitting there being like oh they're talking about snow wade haha and not thinking about it which is fine for parents i think this movie really masters for the most part the double entendre they're really able to give you you know layers of humor that i don't think come across too risque on first glance anyway <laughs> which a lot of animation has tried to kind of copy this style and try and replicate that feeling of like oh the parents are having fun the kids are having fun but they don't know that they're having fun or whatever uh i don't think anybody does it quite as well as shrek managed to that first time shrek i will say fucking ruined animated movies for years for like a good four years after this movie yeah it was terrible i I would say a lot of the dreamworks roster honestly they've gotten better in recent years and there are a few peppered in there that are all right but like oh man animation was like if it wasn't a pixar movie animation was fucked after this movie where were we so yeah farquad he picks princess fiona who is cameron diaz and her whole deal is that yeah she's trapped in a tower and needs to be rescued so he decides why don't i throw a tournament to try to find the biggest baddest son bitch in the land to go rescue my betrothed at that time shrek and donkey wind up arriving and this is a fun little poke at disneyland i think this is a pretty clever it's also kind of hypocritical because they're really laying into you know, franchising and merchandising rights and all this stuff that Disney has kind of drawn or sucked out of animation, their animated catalog. (laughs) This is what I was talking about in the beginning of the podcast where we named off all these franchises that were very clearly supposed to be one-off movies. This seems like it was supposed to be a one-off movie and they made jokes, they make a joke about it and it comes back to bite them in the ass in 2019 when two very predominant podcasters are talking about it. Yes, says the people who look to reboot it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, God damn it. I know. But anyway, so this is funny. They have like a little like sing along about like with these children. It's supposed to be it's a small world. It's 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 pretty funny. I remember this is they actually do this in that musical that we were talking about, too. That's one of the parts that I found annoying in the musical part because it's very high pitched and screechy, but it's supposed to be that it's supposed to be funny and like a little creepy and annoying. When I was a kid, I could recite that whole thing. Oh, I could recite it to you right now. I'm not going to, but I could. Please don't. Yeah, please don't. I'm not going to take you up on that. Anyway. So Shrek and donkey walk into the tournament. Uh, obviously Shrek is not fucking welcome there because he's green and they don't like green people. Uh, in Duloc. Farquaad, yes, is just so disgusted by him that he issues a new challenge to the knights that, you know, kill the ogre and you win. We get we get a little bad reputation by Joan Jett, dude, and it turns into basically like a WWE event. I gotta say, the music in this movie, when it's not Smash Mouth, is pretty fucking like oh it's pretty good i like it oh it's i'd say a lot of the songs hold up yeah dude if i still had that cassette tape i'd listen to it brah yeah absolutely brah well there's the good thing about uh the computer age is that you can look it up and you can even if you want delete the all-star uh smash mouth songs off of what? the playlist if you want yeah you i wouldn't do, do that. that dude i wouldn't do that i still have astral lounge on my ipod today dude then the morning comes down anyone anyone out there please if you uh agree with brandon and know all of astro lounge by heart do us a favor uh go to nbd.podbean.com unsubscribe from the show and uh, <laughs> oh, wow, don't you ever really listen took that again. a turn you took a turn there <laughs> <laughs> no, you can email me directly and we'll be friends, dude. We'll no, 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 no. A little roadman? Anyone with roadman? Roadman? 
driving in the road van. That's those are actual lyrics. <laughs> this is my problem is because you said at the beginning that you wish you could take back your Smash Mouth fandom. I don't think you do. I think you secretly <laughs> listen to Smash Mouth. Ah oh, man, my secret is out. Yeah, I think <laughs> let's move, dude. Let's move on. I want to get out. All right. Yeah. Anyway, Dude, I love this scene though. This is pretty fun. Like, it's a really great, you know, use of bad reputation. And he's throwing all these guards around. Donkey's kicking them in the head and shit. They work well off each other. And Farquad sees this and decides, holy shit! If this guy can do this, why not just issue the challenge to him? So he tells him, you know what? I'll let, I'll clear your swamp out because that's all Shrek wants anyway. I'll clear it out. You can have it back if you bring Princess Fiona back here to marry me. And boom, dude, we're on the road yet again, and that's kind of the rest of the movie here. I mean, yeah, pretty much. It's a lot of walking from here on out. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings, epic in scope. Uh, We do get that weird onion conversation, which, you know, I understood it at the time when when I was a kid, but when I was watching it today... I was kind of like with Donkey on this one. He's like, we're like layers. We're layered. And I'm like, wait, what? What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Ogres are like onions. Yeah, I didn't get the ogre are like onion thing. Like they're layered. What is that? No. What? Yeah, it I'm goes it, it goes no deeper than than that. <laughs> Just onions have layers. It it really is kind of a useless, pointless conversation. I I get what they're trying to get at, but uh, I kind of agree with Donkey in like a very meta way. Like no, like Donkey's like right to not be crazy about this metaphor and also parfait is delicious yeah what does he say parfaits maybe the most delicious whole thing on the whole damn planet there's a lot of swearing in this for a kid's movie too a lot of ass a lot of damn uh it's a hard yeah. pg i'll say dude a hard fucking pg Ooh, it's a hard pg and that's how we like it here at nostalgia be damned hard well thankfully we get a couple more fart jokes ones you know involving donkey like my mouth was open and everything as a kid knee slappers dude knee slappers and wet cheeks from tears running down very funny very funny indeed uh as an adult not really and we finally get to the castle right we finally get to this castle we have this whole scene where donkey like doesn't want to go over the rickety bridge but shrek tricks him by just like kind of scaring him over it or whatever yeah being extremely dangerous over a goddamn lava pit but i love this design the castle's really cool inside is the you know the setup's really nice looking this is some of the best animation in the movie in my opinion oh yeah i would agree with you 100 percent. and i think part of that works because this is the darkest scene in this entire movie like a lot of it is a lot of colors a lot of bright greens a lot of bright blues Um, and a lot of whites this is a lot more black and shadowy so it kind of hides some of those uh details that you weren't you were talking about earlier but it's a fun little you know chase scene kind of playing on your expectations of you know finding the dragon in its lair and you know they try to chain it up essentially but it chases after shrek winds up throwing him through the tower into princess fiona's room while donkey is kind of left to fend for himself and then in a strange twist the donkey is into the dragon or rather the dragon's into the donkey this dragon the the dragon's into the donkey and it can be confirmed by the sequels these two end up fucking god Uh, i don't like the donkey ends up fucking the dragon and uh you have to think about that for the rest of the podcast i can't dude and there is she is forward to the point of being a little like you know this is uncomfortable and i don't want to jump ahead too too far because i know that 
there's another part we didn't cover, but there's a point where she's like got Donkey trapped and Shrek is trying to save him. And if you listen to the dialogue, it kind of sounds like she's touching. She's his playing penis. with his dick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep, exactly. It, does. it sounds like she's <laughs> trying to give him a blowjob in the middle of this PG movie. Oh, what are you doing with that? Oh no, please. Yeah. <laughs> It's basically sex dungeon, like a sex layer, Fifty Shades style. She got all these chains and stuff in there, dude. It's kind of hot, honestly. This this must exist out there somewhere, and that's that form, correct? Right? Uh, what websites would you say specifically? Well, let's just say this: I had to stop running on the treadmill and uh, take a take a five, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, because my God, take a J break, dude. Yeah, I was no, I getting got you. Yeah. hot and bothered. Can you imagine that person staring next to you at that point, realizing you're hard and you're watching Shrek? Oh, man. What is It's this? the endorphins. They it's need the to revoke this guy's from the treadmill. They need to revoke this guy's gym membership. He's getting <laughs> real creepy over there. Um, the, the lunk alarm goes off at Planet Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, it's strictly against our policy at Planet Fitness to have boners. We're going to have to ask you. To no leave. grunting, no, like, what is it, spaghetti strap tank tops, and no. No dropping the weights, no tank tops, no grunting, and please, sir, no PG boners. It's fucking ridiculous. I'm going to Gold's. Fuck this. What has America become? Now that we're past that. <laughs> Shrek wakes up Fiona, and she's super pissed because this is not how she pictured it going down. Uh, and he hasn't slayed the dragon, actually. It's still a chase. So he grabs her, runs downstairs, and in the nick of time, saves Donkey from being kissed. But Shrek's pants somehow come off during the scuffle, and she kisses his asshole. Bare ass. We get way too much ogre ass in this movie it's just too much too much ogre ass hashtag too much ogre ass hashtag and yeah, too you can much hear the pucker ass. and the slap of the lips it's disgusting uh like you said through a, a a weird chase scene chaining up the dragon and getting away just in the nick of time as the bridge the rickety bridge they cross burns to a crisp and uh the princess is saved although she's trying to like thank shrek and trying to get him to kiss her so their destiny or their prophecy or whatever this fucking story is can get fulfilled that's when he reveals himself to be an ogre and she's like not about it that chase from the castle you can tell was probably a scene that they edited after 1999 because this whole movie's gonna crib from the Matrix and in very specific po- spots. Oh, but that slow mo yeah. and like the fight later on coming up, but you can tell that was something involved in a rewrite. Maybe it's Shrek and the Matrix that really influenced a whole lot in cinema, but god damn it, could we not escape the slow motion matrix ripoffs from two thousand to, you know, two thousand five. It was a harsh five years. Well, if it hadn't come out that very year, I would almost say it's almost a Lord of the Rings ripoff too, like the the way that they're running around in that castle and like the fires chasing him, it kind of reminds me of that scene in the uh, the Balrog scene in Fellowship of the Rings, uh, which was a oh, very good movie. <laughs> I was gonna say, push your glasses up, you fucking nerd. I just fucking did, you piece of shit. Why don't you go bash yourself, or well, not in the way you want to at the gym, apparently, to Shrek. Yeah, why don't you go bash your own face in with your balls bird box style dude Ooh, you ruined my recommend i wasn't gonna recommend bird box (laughs) 
anyway. Well, we could talk about it at we the will. end. <laughs> anyway, so so we get our first of several camping scenes. Essentially, it's the, you know getting nighttime, and Fiona is really adamant that they got to make sure that she has a place to sleep because she's a uh, you know a woman and she needs privacy and nothing to look into there. Donkey and Shrek have a little heart to heart, you know, staring at the stars scene. And in a movie that's about ninety minutes, I, I guess you could probably cut this. There's not a lot of fat. There's a lot of you know montagey sequences. But what I will say, this movie does that a lot of the movies right after this didn't do or what they would cut out is first off there's a shit ton of fades they fade every other (laughs) to every scene in and out is a fade but they hold on a lot of shots i noticed that this this movie while i thought was much quicker and fast paced and there are there is a lot of zippy animation but maybe it's because it was one of their first computer animated movies that they they really do hold on a lot of animation there's a lot of just still frames of of stuff for a while i like that i found that kind of comforting knowing that it wasn't quick 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 cut all the time like they this is a I, i think a fairly traditional in its pacing animated movie yeah i think what they're trying to do is just kind of let you breathe and like take in the animation because like you said earlier this was something like that we hadn't really seen that much sort of these 3d animation graphics but i also found that refreshing because a lot of these scenes are drawn out but like not too drawn out um in terms of cutting this scene i actually like this scene because it's one of the first actual bonding sequences we get to see between trek and donkey which turns into a friendship um, I'd cut maybe the onion scene, honestly, because again, I don't fucking get it. Well, I guess, yeah, you, you do need these scenes because for the whole, a lot of the movie, I'm wondering, you know, Donkey's here, I guess, for protection for the most part, but he truly believes Shrek to be his friend, but Shrek's an absolute dick the whole, the entire movie, like to everybody, yeah, but specifically for sure. Donkey. But this is where we get that jerk off scene. It cuts back to Lord Farquaad and he's asking the mirror, he's drinking a martini naked in his, under his sheets. And he's asking the mirror, can you show me Princess Fiona again? And yeah, the face, the look on the mirror's face is so funny like please don't like, oh, Jesus. don't do this again it's pretty awesome uh pretty sexy i had to take a five at the gym god come on <laughs> there was another the next day fiona wakes up and she's overheard shrek talking about how like oh everybody hates me because i'm an ogre they don't take the time to get to know me uh not knowing that if you get to know shrek he's actually kind of a dick anyway <laughs> she feels bad about this and so she makes shrek and donkey eggs and just decides you know what i'm gonna have a better attitude about this we're gonna get off on the right foot here they move on and we get another part that i actually really enjoyed as a kid and kind of enjoyed at home the french robin hood (laughs) yeah robin hood and his merry men there's a whole another matrix cribbing fight scene where he tries to rescue her he thinks she's been stolen by the ogre but uh fiona kicks some ass this is basically her actually fight scene itself but it just shows how you know she's a strong independent badass and uh it's fun animation yeah and actually the song that they sang to i really enjoyed because it's you're just listening to it he's doing it in a french accent it's just like some of the some of the content it is kind of funny again they kind of toe that line between sexual and uh, something that the kids just clearly won't get. I actually could have used more of Robin Hood and his Merry Men. It's a very quick scene, but it ends with Shrek getting an arrow in his butt. Aha, another ogre butt scene. And uh, this is just really kind of an excuse to send Donkey away for quote unquote help while Fiona and Shrek get their first bonding scene uh what is going to blossom into a budding romance brandon yeah they're starting to like each other and i can't tell if it's her lack of human contact and she just doesn't have anyone to talk to and so the next person she sees is kind of castaway style where she's like i please just to see another human's face or another set of eyeballs i love you this movie is uh basically stockholm syndrome (laughs) 
but <laughs> regardless, you know, they start bonding. Yeah, they they start liking each other, right? And Donkey, it seems like he's getting pushed out of this. There's that little montage, My Beloved Monster and Me, you know, the eels. Yes. They do a song, I think, in every Shrek movie. They're like skipping along and shit. They wind up brutalizing a frog and a snake blowing up their corpses like balloons. Hilarious. Yeah, it's supposed to be real romantic. And as a kid, I thought the same. But as an adult watching this, I just watched their lifeless corpses slink up to the air as, you know, the eels plays me magical music. I kept thinking like, God, that was fucking brutal. See, even as a kid, I thought that was brutal. I was like, why would you do that to them? That's sad. <laughs> the poor frog gets literally his stomach. They were fucking doing oh, anything to anybody. It's nighttime again. And yeah, they another bonding scene where they're eating some rats. She turns out really likes it. And he's like, you know, you're not what I expected. You know, don't judge a book by its cover badge. Oh, maybe the, maybe maybe it's not about what's on the outside, but what's on the inside, Brandon. That seems like too on the nose of a moral here. So mm-hmm, I'm going to think mm-hmm, there's something mm-hmm. deeper. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Okay. Yeah, great. Yo, you've seen the video. Oh, I've seen that video. Speaking of taking five-minute J-breaks, dude. <laughs> uh, but at this point... Oh, wow. <laughs> it's uh, nighttime, and Donkey, he stumbles in where she's supposed to be sleeping and finds out, holy fuck, she's an ogre. Yeah, uh, it turns out Fiona was cursed as a child at when the sun sets every night. She turns into an ogre. The spell can only be broken by true love's first kiss, and true beauty will she take her like true love's form it whatever fuck off uh shrek is off moping in the woods at this point and just kind of decides you know what like i gotta tell fiona that i love her fiona is kind of on the other end of the barrel too where she's like uh, how could shrek like me i'm an ugly fucking ogre not really putting two and two together that maybe an ogre would like another ogre but whatever <laughs> she she's telling donkey this yeah yeah one of those tropes that we hate and we've mentioned before on the show where people just overhear the absolute worst parts of conversations and this one it's written in such a way that god damn it if you were to think what they were thinking the other person was saying vice versa for both characters it is heartbreaking oh i would never i would never talk <laughs> no right it's anymore. fucking yeah terrible. i would never talk to that she's basically anymore. like oh how could anyone love an ugly beast and all this bullshit and he's overhearing this thinking it's him so the next morning yeah he is is right right pissed and over a little flower petal plucking she decides you know you know should i or should i not will i won't i tell him she decides you know what i'm gonna tell the truth and i thought back as a kid do you remember did you ever used to do this dude take the flower petal and make life altering decisions based on whether the petal was plucked last or first or whatever i knew people who did do it did i personally do it no dude i did it all the time like will i ask this girl out will my parents talk to me again all kinds of stuff, dude. Or those, uh, what were those things that you made like origami on your hands and like people would open them and close them and then I'll have little things written on them? Oh yeah, the for- the fortune tellers. Used to do the fortune teller things. Uh, I, I think I did the pluck thing once until I realized like, oh, like it's an even number. Like I just know what the result's gonna be. I, you know, I kind of stopped believing in fate like that, um, <laughs> you know, blindly, I guess you could say. You had a real existential crisis that day, like, oh, nothing matters, it's predetermined. Yeah, third grade was weird, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, Shrek calls out, uh, she's going to tell Shrek, but right as she's about to tell him, uh, she steps out in the sun, and obviously the sun is rising, so she turns into a hot mamacita once again. (laughs) Turns back into a bab. Yeah, into a bab. And Shrek comes back 
clearly pissed off, kind of yelling at her, like, I, you know what, I fucking heard what you said last night. She's like, yeah, I thought you might, like, kind of understand, because you're also ugly. And he's like, yeah, well, fuck off. Uh, clear miscommunication. Very funny. Uh, Farquad shows up. And she's all, yeah, like, I'll go with him, yeah. Yeah, you know what, she's gonna revenge fuck Farquad because she's pissed at Trek. <laughs> And so she's like, you know what, let's get married tonight, because I really can't risk you seeing me later tonight. So they they make plans to get married before dawn, and we get uh, a song that, my God, this song became so popular after this movie. We get the Hallelujah cover. Yeah, what's, so what's strange about this is, is I remember the song version by Rufus Wainwright, which was on the soundtrack. But here, in the movie, it's not that version. I think it's because of something to do with licensing. They couldn't get this version, the film version, on the soundtrack or whatever. So when I saw this version, I actually like looked it up. I was like, isn't it supposed to be the other one? Did they change this on me? And it turns out I was just a fucking idiot. And I associated with more of the soundtrack than the movie itself. But this is a phenomenal montage. I think it's the best, really one of the best scenes in the movie. And it's just great. It's like, And what makes it so special is because at this point, everyone has essentially what they wanted because like shrek abandoned donkey so at this point shrek has his solitude he's got his swamp back you know fiona has farquad and donkey has his independence from the old woman in the beginning but everyone is fucking miserable because they realize it's you know the people their friends that made them happy dude it's super sweet but really sad it's a great it's a great little montage so but you know donkey shows up and uh, this is where I start to realize that uh, Shrek was kind of like Donald Trump because Donkey is building a wall <laughs> around sh- yeah. half of Shrek's land. And uh, Shrek comes out. He says, what are you doing? Are you going to pay for that <laughs> no, wall? Fuck. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But Donkey comes out. He's like, you know what? Half of this swamp is mine because I did half the work to get the princess. Fuck off. You're a piece of shit. I hate you. They get into a fight. Donkey's like, you know, Fiona wasn't even fucking talking about you. You're a mean piece of shit. You're mean to me. You're mean to everybody. Fuck you, dude. Shrek eventually apologizes, you know, and it's it's a really good scene. Yeah, that's his come to Jesus moment. Friends forgive each other, and it's his first moment of like, oh, people do actually care about me. I don't have to be a dick. And during this little montage, Donkey wound up spotting the dragon, who was super sad by a lake, and uh, they wind up basically hooking up, not on camera yet. Don't worry, they'll have mongoloid gross... Donkey donkey dragon babies. (laughs) It's just Come yeah, on, it's yeah. terrifying and uh, not something I ever wanted to think about, but there it is. But he's got a dragon as transport, so the dragon comes down, picks him up, and this is where we get the swell of the Shrek theme, I think. It's, dude, I love this music. It's honestly a lot of soundtrack, it's a lot of songs throughout here, but when they kick this score in, it's it's uh, the same guys who did Ants and Chicken Run. Like, they did all of the DreamWorks stuff in the beginning that Henry, Harry Gregson Williamson and John Powell dope score so they get they get to the castle and shrek is about to like jump in there and stop the wedding when donkey's like hold on like you have to do this the right way you have to interrupt him when he says does anybody have any objections uh because it'll be a panty dropper and you know what uh once again donkey's not fucking wrong uh there's there's a way to do this and it's dramatically in a way that ruins everybody's good time <laughs> yeah i love how the you know the ushers and stuff have cue cards <laughs> that are telling the audience how to feel because the entire town is in attendance and yeah shrek and donkey fucking crash the wedding owen wilson style hey wow hey wow you gotta stop and john lithgow is you know lord farquhar super pissed off but i dude his line here at me i think was the only 
gut-busting laugh I had the entire thing when he when Shrek runs in and he's like, "Really? It's rude to be alive when no one wants you, but to interrupt a wedding." <laughs> yeah, that was pretty so funny. Good. And once again, John Lithgow is just like he's playing it so well. Really good. And the lines for Lord Farquaad are really good too, so They are good. Yeah. That I think Lord Lord Farquaad might be one of the best parts of this movie. Shrek objects and yeah, Fiona turns into an ogre, right? Because it's about sunset at this point. <laughs> and Farquaad is disgusted, orders are the guards to kill them both. <laughs> he's like, Ugh, this is oh fucking God. gross. Kill them. Which, you know, he's right. Uh, but Dragon <laughs> and Donkey wind up bursting in through the, you know, cathedral windows. And Farquaad gets it, dude. Gets eaten by the dragon. I'm a huge fan of these villains getting killed at the end of the movies. They don't do that as much anymore, I feel. Good to see him eating. Eddie Murphy very loudly exclaiming, I'm a donkey on the edge, uh, is one of my favorite <laughs> like, lines in this movie. That, I, I did legitimately laugh at that. And also, it's funny that you mentioned that they, they actually kill off the villain and eat him, because in that uh, karaoke like music video extra I was talking about, Lord Farquaad... Oh, boy, is he alive in the stomach He or sure is. He's alive in the stomach, God. singing Staying Alive by it. the Bee Gees. Son of a bitch. You know what? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, who's running this? Who's running Duloc now, by the way? This should be upheaval in this kingdom. People are cheering and happy, but honestly, it should be all-out anarchy. Well, there's a there's a coup at that point, and the kingdom dissolves. <laughs> it's a because, Game of Thrones at that yeah, point, yeah. Yeah, because and the kingdom dissolves because, as you know, the second movie does not take place in the land of Farquaad. It takes place somewhere else. Uh, so we can only assume that the people ate each other and uh, the kingdom dissolved into oblivion. Dope skis! <laughs> They're still there at the wedding. Love is professed between the both of them. Shrek and Fiona kiss, and the curse is lifted, but... You know, she seems to sparkle, lights shooting out of her all over the place, and wouldn't you know it, she doesn't turn back into a hot babe. She's now an ogre babe. She says, I'm supposed to be beautiful, and he goes, Ah, but Fiona, you are beautiful. (laughs) You're so beautiful, Fiona. You're so beautiful, Fiona. We already broke our promise. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, I told you, don't fucking ever count us out. Don't trust us, yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, But that's when, uh, you know, we started the movie strong, why not end it strong? We get another Smash Mouth song. Uh, I thought although, love was only true fairytale. So good. Dude. Very, very good. Uh, very talented. Triple platinum yeah. it went. Triple platinum. <laughs> My God. Anyway, uh, yeah, we get, there, we get the I'm a Believer cover of the Monk Monkees, except it's Smash Mouth and Eddie Murphy. Uh, Eddie Murphy, who's actually, his part is pretty fun. But, you know, we essentially get to see everybody partying. Shrek and Fiona fly off into the distance by flying i mean drive (laughs) and uh the storybook closes that's the end of fucking shrek dude boom 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 what are your thoughts on shrek wow my friend it was a journey a one that i'm glad i retook it's been a while like i think you said 10 years it's probably been about that for me i haven't seen it in a long time I gotta, I gotta say, man, I had a, I kind of had a blast during this. This was a real fun one to revisit. I, I laughed a lot during it. And again, I, like I said, I did have a few in me, so I was feeling good. But I, I feel like this movie just has such a sense of energy. It's so clever. The jokes, well, yeah, there are far too many fart ones, man. A lot of them are smart, and the references. While I think that if you don't necessarily know, I guess your catalog of, um, you know, fairy tales or folklores could go over your head. But I think they're they're so rooted in our our pop culture and our society that everyone knows 
to some degree what they're talking about. So I think a, this is a movie that really does still appeal, I think, to people of, of all ages. And while the animation isn't as impressive as it once was, I think the voice performances for across the board, even Cameron Diaz, we didn't talk much about her, but I, I think she's pretty fun too in this. I'll say, you know, it's a brisk 90 minutes. It's not the eighth best animated film of all time. You know, I wouldn't put it maybe there, but I do think it's like, a, I'll give it, it got an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, dude. I'll give it like an 85. I think it's an 8.5. It's a three and a half star movie. It's it's pretty damn good. It's a movie that I think will kind of continue to live on, at least for the next, you know, few decades. I don't know if this is one, an all-time one. I feel like this could, uh, like a lot of DreamWorks catalog, slowly be removed from the public conscious if they don't do this reboot. Uh, similar to like a Despicable Me is now. Like, I feel like those movies, 30 years from now, people aren't going to have the same reverence uh, as I think we do with a Toy Story. You know what I mean? I feel like it's already starting to move away from the public conscious, which is probably why they want to reboot it, because this series was a cash cow. My God. So, I, you know, it kind of doesn't surprise me that they want to reboot it. What are your thoughts, man? So, yeah, I'd give it about an 85. I think it was pretty damn funny. Um, I'd watch it again. For me, a lot of the humor kind of died with the era and the genre. While there are, like, a couple of good genuine laughs in this movie i feel like a lot of it is just you know uh it's a kids movie to me um which doesn't really do it for me as much as a a so-called adult um which you know that's debatable but i i will say i was surprised i was expecting not to really enjoy it i you know just because i didn't laugh at everything doesn't mean i didn't enjoy it you're right the pace is brisk the energy is very very good in this movie the voice acting is pretty good on all fronts honestly i think the weakest voice actor in this entire movie is shrek mike myers i think he's one of the weaker performances in it but it's not really his fault because he's being out muscled by eddie murphy and john lithgow and even cameron diaz who you're right we didn't really talk about her very much but she brings a lot of spunk and energy to that character that i think is really good this in no way in no possible fucking way better than monsters inc monsters inc is a borderline classic i would i definitely agree that monsters inc is a better film um i i think monsters inc is just so much more original yeah and, there's yeah. just I, no I, way i wonder why it, it would why it took it i think maybe just because it was such the the box office juggernaut it was and kind of a cultural sensation yeah that must be it it was very well when you have two smash mouth songs in a movie it's guaranteed an oscar that's a rule yeah that that is a rule so if you ever want to win an oscar just put two smash mouth songs in you're guaranteed yeah how do you think slumdog millionaire won dude <laughs> exactly exactly dude <laughs> um but <laughs> anyway uh, there is absolutely no need to reboot this movie whatsoever. Um, but that being said, it still holds up for the most part. I don't think I could watch any of the other ones and enjoy it nearly as much as I enjoy rewatching this. What'd you say in 88 overall? Yep. 88%. I'm going to go a little lower than you. I'm going to give it a straight up 80. I think it's worth watching, worth showing your kids. And you know, 
you're having a couple of drinks, you're bored out of your mind. You could probably kill a good 90 minutes watching this movie and just kind of reminiscing and enjoying the nostalgia you had for it. Uh, if you're looking for something that's going to like bust your gut, I wouldn't recommend it, but I do think it still holds up for the most part. Maybe not as much of the cultural sensation, at least for me, that it used to be, but it's still a pretty decent animated film. I feel like a lot of people are shitting on this movie recently. You know what I mean? I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like I've heard a lot, of, heard a lot of backlash towards this movie. I feel like it's one of those... The guys that uh, we hate movies shit all over this movie, I think. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, I love that is guys. the point yeah, of the no, podcast, a lot of those podcasts is that they hate movies. <laughs> but this movie has gotten a lot of backlash, and I think a lot of it is because of memes and the animation. Although we we kind of said the animation doesn't look that bad, it doesn't look great i would say and if you want to see some nightmare inducing stuff search youtube for shrek not only do they have those strange like an- miss like animation errors <laughs> which are haunting to look at you know the shrek is love all that weird shit dude this this is yeah exactly bananas. it's just fucking there's a lot of disturbing i mean the the movies become a meme and i think people kind of hate it for that reason and i think critics probably shit all over it because it again it beat out monsters inc for best animated film, which is just fucking lunacy when you think of some of the best animated films that have ever come out, even some of the ones that have won recently. I would not put this movie in the same realm as Coco. You know what I mean? No, I, I do hear you. And it's, it's it's actually funny. I'm looking right now at the top 10 AFI's 10 best animated movies. It hasn't been updated since 2010, so they don't have some of recent Pixar stuff. But it's, one is Snow White, obviously the first one ever made, so I get it. Pinocchio, Bambi, The Lion King, Fantasia, Toy Story, Beauty and the Beast, Shrek, Cinderella and Finding Nemo. It's just so it's such a sore thumb. It just I don't think it belongs on that list. I mean, even if you're not updating it with some of the recent animated movies, that list I just don't think it belongs on there. So I think that's where a lot of the hate comes from, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's a bad movie. I just don't think you know, it's an Oscar-worthy movie. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, I am glad we covered it because I think it's probably one of the most significant movies of that era, and I felt it was kind of dishonest for us as a podcast, Zach, to not cover it. All right? All right? 100%. No, I agree with you, and I'm glad we watched it too. Uh, this is the whole point of the podcast is to watch movies that, like, does it do we really deserve to be thinking about Shrek reboots fucking 18 years after it's come out? Oh, God, I don't know. Man. That's crazy. That's not too. for me to answer, but Holy I'm going to tell you no. A baby born the day Shrek was released could now buy porn, dude. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Wowskies. Uh, wowskies, wowskies. Yeah. Well, before we get into next week's selection, anything you want to recommend or not recommend, dude? Uh, two movies, and I'm kind of on the fence about both of them. Obviously, if you haven't seen Bird Box yet, I haven't, it's dude. become a pop culture phenomenon. Um, it's not a terrible movie. I, you know, I enjoyed bits and pieces of it. Obviously, Sandra, Sandra Bullock is fucking amazing. I don't really get everybody freaking out about it and all the memes and just like how it's becoming like one of the most watched Netflix. I, like that I don't get. It's an okay horror film. It's It leaves a lot to the imagination, which I'm okay with. And there's a lot of cool elements to it. I, you know, I'd recommend it just because... You know, it's a it's a nice way to burn two or so hours. But I I wouldn't say it's like the best movie I've ever seen. Another one I wanted to talk about. Have you seen 
this new Bandersnatch Black Mirror movie. I have not had a chance to sit down and check it out yet, no. The interactive movie. Uh, you know what? You and I are both big fans of Black Mirror. I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I'm not crazy about the interactive part. There's a message behind it being interactive, and it makes sense, and I get it. Like, I get what the filmmakers are going for, but the whole time I'm just worried about, like, what choices I'm going to make, how it's going to affect the movie. Will I have to go back and rewatch this movie seven times? Because apparently there's, like, eight endings or something like that. But the reality is, I think it's just kind of misses the mark like i I'd, I'd much rather watch that movie as just like a straight up black mirror film and i think it'd be really good i think it'd be kind of interesting um again i know what they're going for with the interactive so i think it's worth just watching it for the experience and because there are some like good elements of an actually good movie in there it's just i think it personally misses the mark a little bit i hear you okay yeah that's the same way i i saw the trailer and i was really excited like oh this looks badass and then i was like oh it's a choose your adventure oh shit and then now i hear they're getting sued by the choose your own adventure game or whatever oh boy yeah yeah it's a mess but you know it's it's interesting i i was gonna say i I love black mirror so i'll have to check it out eventually um i just have real real quick i'm just gonna run through these super quick i will recommend vice blind spotting destroyer and bad times at the el royale those are four movies i saw recently all of them probably in my top like 10 or 15 of the year i thought all of them were pretty badass Bad Times at the El Royale, dude, I loved. That I'm going to watch soon because I know that's on Vudu and I have someone's Vudu account. <laughs> uh, but don't tell anyone, though, because they will kill me. <laughs> yeah, they will. I don't care. But I'm I'm planning on seeing Vice sometime this week, too, so I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, I enjoyed all of them. The two that I will not uh, recommend at all, Welcome to Marwin, which when I saw the trailer, I kept thinking, like, that could be really good or that could be, like, this year's collateral beauty or some fucking nightmare of a mess. And it, <laughs> it was kind of a nightmare of a mess yeah but the other yeah. movie i'm not recommending is by far the worst film i saw in 2018 and that is uh <laughs> holmes and watson oh god man let me tell you both of those movies i saw and i just refused to see because of the trailer that holmes and watson movie looks like a pile of crap on a plate dude i again i got the stubs thing so it technically really didn't cost me anything but it did and it also cost me my time but i will say i when when comedies are that devoid of laughs it's cringeworthy like i i have it's the most uncomfortable i've been in a theater all year and i god damn it just awful. And I respect the hell out of those guys. I love those guys. And I, yeah. when I saw the trailer, I was like, this can't be. I thought that they were like withholding a lot of information or something because I just couldn't understand what the movie was really even about other than them playing those characters. And in the, I still don't know what the movie Dude, it's just fucking ugh, the worst excuse of a, of a comedy in 2018. I was so indignant about that trailer because when it came out, it was like the legendary duo. And I was like, they were in two movies together. That dignifies legendary. They were in... Freaking Talladega Nights and and Step Brothers together. Step Brothers, those are two hilarious movies. Yeah, they're but good. Yeah, but like you. again, it, and then the other part was when they wanted to take a selfie with the Queen of England, and that that that's lost all me. the jokes are. Just this thing doesn't take place in the 18th century. Yeah, or exactly. Like, I don't give a funny? shit about that. I also, uh, just as a brief note, because we got to kind of wrap it up. I also uh, am refusing to see any more Steve Carell movies until he returns to comedy. I'm just sick of it. I don't like. I don't buy into him being a serious actor i don't think he's that great of a serious actor i'm just i'm sick of it i'm done whoa what about beautiful boy dude or well he's in vice he's pretty good in vice but that's more of i guess a comedic didn't see beautiful boy uh i'll see vice 
Uh, the Big Short. I hate The Big Short. I'm just gonna say it. I, I don't like the Big Short. Well, yeah. you might. I don't know how you'll feel about Vice. <laughs> well, I've I've seen a couple of that guy's movies, and some of them I like. And uh, okay, Big okay, Short. Okay. Big Short. Uh, just Big Short's a confusing movie. How about like, Dan in Real in Life? Uh, no, I didn't like that. The last real serious role that I liked from Steve Carell was Little Miss Sunshine. Coxcatcher? And again, uh, Foxcatcher was okay, but I've seen a lot of documentaries on Foxcatcher that I'd rather watch than Foxcatcher. Sure. I mean, he's sexy in it though, right? Yeah, obviously. I mean, he's sexy in everything. So is Channing Tatum. And, uh, you know, that's okay. I need to take a five, so let's wrap this up. <laughs> Come on. All right. Well, before we do, we're letting you guys know uh, to check out next week's selection. It is on Netflix at the time of recording. We're heading back to 1993 for We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. Oh, my God. This movie I was just I've, – I've seen this movie – probably over 50 times and all of it from my childhood i have not seen it since i was like five or six years old. i haven't seen it since i was so young too so i i honestly remember absolutely nothing about it except the front cover and that steven spielberg was vaguely involved i think i don't know but uh yeah man we have really dipped our toes in dinosaur territory huh yeah i i think i tried to like watch it super drunk like one time but i just like i couldn't get through it but so i'm excited to too watch hard it. to concentrate yeah but this was a di- this was again right up there with the dinosaur obsession this one land before time and jurassic park all flipped through my freaking vhs player when i was little so i'm oh and uh and dinosaur dude and dinosaur yeah exactly so i'm uh i'm freaking excited i'm i'm pumped it's gonna be a good episode so watch yeah watch that on netflix so uh you can enjoy chatting with us next week and if you have anything you want to bring up during the podcast go ahead and shoot us an email brandon tell us about the email it's uh nostalgia be damned pod at gmail.com shoot us a request for a movie you'd like us to cover just a question or anything you'd like you can also find us what on facebook and twitter uh and all that good shit yep we're on facebook and twitter and don't forget you can also subscribe to us at nbd.podbean.com. We are also on iTunes. I finally got an iPhone, so I'm really enjoying that. Ooh. Apple Podcasts. Yeah, brah, brah. I know. <laughs> Uh, so check us out there. Uh, don't forget to write us a review. Please, please, please. It super helps the podcast. And of course, tell everybody you know about this or anybody you think would enjoy two fucking idiots talking about old movies. <laughs> please. Just tell. Please. Just, hey, all right. Tell them. God, don't make us talk about swamp farts anymore. I'm sick of talking about swamp farts. I don't want, yeah, I don't want to do this. I want to do good movies. I want to do movies that everybody will enjoy, but we have to keep fucking talking about swamp farts until you tell your <laughs> like friends. Space Jam. Ah, man, I'm going to go take a five. Yeah, I need to take a five. I need to take a two, honestly. <laughs> oh, God. Have a good night, everyone. And wash your hands, whatever you're doing. Wash your hands. Yeah, please. Bye. Bye.